What is up, everybody? We're going to do a bit of a cold open here. It won't be a quick one like I normally was. It's like between one to four minutes. Um, I actually want to talk about my experience at ECCC Emerald City Comic Con out here in Seattle. As I record this part of the show, we are still uh, in Seattle. I only went one day and I had a situation this weekend where I actually got booked for a panel at LA Comic Con. And I had a dilemma, which I was like, man, you know, I kind of wanted to go to ECCC and 2020, I was invited and I was really excited about it. My first time being out here, et cetera, et cetera, but I did not get invited this time. So I was really disappointed. But I said, you know, I kind of want to go because John Cena is going to be there. And I'm a huge wrestling fan, obviously, as you guys know, duh. And, um... I was just like, man, I, it was a decision to make. So I asked a couple people, I was like, man, maybe I just go meet John Cena. Because with him doing Peacemaker and with him moving on to other projects, like, it, he, he's probably not going to do a lot of different Comic-Cons next year. I could see him doing a few, but I'm pretty sure there'll be few and far between, spread out. I don't know what my schedules will look like for next year at all. Nothing's booked yet, but uh, things are coming into place. So I can see... My year starting to fill out like in January, beginning of February. Anyways, um, and people, some people were like, "Hey, man, you gotta go get the worry about your company." John Cena has his money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, it still was just something in me. And so, anyways, I reached out to the promoter of LA Comic Con, saying, "You know, I appreciate the opportunity, but you know, it's something I really want to do." And he said, "What is it?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, John Cena is gonna be." In Seattle for ECCC, and I really, I think I'm saying it too many times, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and, and, and I really want to meet him. I said, just being real, I just, I just want to be a fan just one time. And and dude, he's like, dude, that's fucking awesome. He's like, that's why I like you. He's like, you because you're still a fan. And he's like, dude, how about this? Let's change your panel from Sunday morning to Friday night. Or Friday day, excuse me. I was like, you sure? He's like, yeah, it's, it's going to be slower. So you won't have as many people. But you know what? Dude, I respect that. You know, I, st- I still want you to be part of the show. I was like, all right. So I did it. Um, and then uh, I left Saturday morning uh, really early and landed at uh, Seattle at 8.30. And so now just I, I want to give you guys the fan perspective and... Because I've never had a fan experience at Comic-Con. Yes, I've gone on my way to get Kevin Conroy's autograph or something like that. I've gotten autographs. But to do the fan experience, full experience at Comic-Con, where you've booked several things in advance, and you're trying to get this done, that done, trying to meet this person, that person, I've never done that. So this is the first time I've ever done that. So let's set this up. Let's set the scene first for you guys. So I looked at all the guests. And they had Jim Lee there only doing Jim Lee packages. So you had the option of getting a single autograph, or you had the option of getting CGC autographs, or you had the option of uh, just getting different pieces autographed, right? Like up to three different items autographed. So I chose the three different autographs uh, because I don't actually care about CGC. I don't, for those who don't know, um, that's when you get your stuff graded. Usually people get graded. It's for their knowledge of knowing what it is because they potentially would sell it one day. Um, 
if you, if anyone ever wanted to buy any of my pieces, and I have had offers, um, they would just have to trust that signed by that person. Like this, that's not that's not my problem. Um, I, I wouldn't go off buying pieces like this anyway. So just for me, doesn't care. Um, so anyways, um, so I went ahead. So let's so I booked that. So that was from one to one two thirty p.m. I had booked a photo out with John Cena and got an autograph from John Cena. And so the schedule came out for all this stuff. And then I ended up seeing that Kev, uh, Karen Fukuhara was there. She's the one who plays Kimiko on The Boys. And so I said, all right, I want to meet her too. Just give an autograph, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, um, they put the schedule out. And it was very fascinating. I'd never been to a con that done this. Because usually at cons, you got to wait in line. Sometimes you're waiting in line for hours, et cetera. Well, they said they're going to do, and, I'm, and I think this was for COVID, because I'm, I'm pretty sure they weren't doing this before COVID. Uh, they set the line to where, essentially, it's like an airport. So if you ever on a flight, it's like, hey, we're boarding group one now. You come in, you board, boarding group two, three, whatever, right? And so I was like, that's fascinating. So anyways, I, I landed in Seattle at 8.30. Excuse me. Got my rental car by nine, um, and then because what happens in Seattle, you have to get into a shuttle to get to the rental car place, which is what I did. So then I ended up moving forward, getting my car, drove out to uh, the Washington Convention Center, and that got me there around nine twenty-three. Now this is the first place I've been where you have to prove a vaccination status or they use clear. For those of you who don't know what clear is, clear is something that uh, has been around for a very long time. And essentially, if you use clear, I think it's like $180 a year, and you can wake up whenever you want to. And before you get, uh, there's another long line to the airport are, there's just that, that lane that people sometimes see just walking through, they have clear. And so you just kind of, once again, that's the point, point pun intended, you clear, <laughs> just clear everything. So I set myself up for clear because I said, you know what, I'm just going to get up early and just do what I got to do, right? I'll get up later, excuse me. Um, so I get to Denver Airport, no, I get to the airport and um, the lines are empty. Like there's no one in these lines. Like you could just walk through. So you don't even need clear because essentially the line's already clear. So I do that. I get the plane well land. Um, so sorry about that. But anyways, Clear has partnered with uh, ReadPop. And if you use Clear, that all you gotta do is show your Clear or your vaccination card or that you have had negative COVID-19 tests in the last 14 days. And you can get in. So you have to go to, and just to set the stage even more, Emerald City Comic Con was being held essentially in four buildings. There's the main building, there's the building across the street from it, which is a gaming building. Then it's a Sheraton that they had to autograph stuff at. And then there's another hotel that has the clear stuff or the vaccination stuff at. So I did all that. By the time I walked to the gaming building, which I didn't know was a gaming building at the time, uh, it was exactly 10 o'clock. So I realized it was the gaming building. I said, where's the, new, where's the main building? I said, oh, right across the street. So I walk across the street to the main building. So then I'm going up some steps. You have to, you know, of course, get, you know, pad down, et cetera, et cetera. And as I'm going up the steps or the escalator, I look to my left from the second floor is where the Jim Lee thing is, signing is. 
Now, I know my time is 1 o'clock. So, they set the uh, passes out or schedule out. So, so Karen Fukuhara, I'm saying her name wrong, I apologize. Uh, I'll just probably do Karen F. Um, it's signing at 11. Now, mind you, the whole point of this gimmick, and it says this in the email, is, hey, um, you don't have to wait in line for hours. Just come in 10 minutes before and you'll be fine as long as you're in your group. So, Karen F. is at 11. Transcena's is at 12.10, and then Jim Lee's at 1, and then the photo op is at 2, and that will be my day there, which is still a rough day, even though things are kind of spread out for me, right? So I can only imagine, and it made me appreciate the fans even more, that risk not seeing one of their favorite creators to come see me, that's like, nah, I mean, I'm on some kind of level, right? <laughs> Anyways, so I get to uh, Sheraton, uh, around 10:40, and it's kind of waiting line to at the at her spot. And now this was probably the only congest, congested part of this Comic Con because they literally put all the, like so John Cena and Christian Haydenson. I don't know who that is, but I know who Cena is obviously. They have a floor to themselves, like they literally have the entire floor to themselves except for the photo op area. But even then, once they start doing photo ops at their time, they take over. So they have the entire second floor of the Sheraton to themselves. The third floor is, you guys may hear a heater going now. The third floor is for everyone else, whether it's Tim Curry, Karen F., all the people who are scheduled to be there. You guys can look up the names who's supposed to be there. Anyways, um, waiting in line. Uh, I think she got there like 11, 10, whatever. It wasn't a long wait. Now, I want to say, I think, one, obviously, these people at Emerald City uh, Comic Con, they clearly rehearsed all this stuff. And I do think they probably convinced the celebrities, because if you've been to a con, you know celebrities are just late and lackadaisical when they come whenever they want to, under normal circumstances. I do think they talked to the celebrities and said, hey, if we book you, can you guys kind of be on time? Because everything has to go according to plan. It has to go on time unless there's unseen, foreseen circumstances, right? So I do think there's that conversation. She gets there like 11, 10, and she's talking to everyone, you know, like I have probably like six, fifth or six in line. Anyways, um, so I get up, we end up talking, having a conversation. She was just talking to everybody. She wasn't kicking anyone out. So when she signs my book, I go. So now it's like 11.30. So now I just go downstairs and say, I might as well wait here for John Cena. I don't need to leave this area. So I go downstairs, and John Cena's line, it really isn't that long at first. And then they come out, and one of the helpers, and says, hey, Whoever got a John Cena premium autograph. Now, for those of you who don't know the difference, um, these autographs are obviously investments. They're expensive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you get like a regular autograph, which is like a 8 by 10 stuff like that, like flat stuff, it's cost less. But it costs $25 more to get a premium autograph. A premium autograph is a repl- replica championship belt, action figure, Funko Pop, stuff like that. Um, a lot of talent actually does it. Um, I've noticed, um, like Carl Weathers uh, from Rocky, uh, Paul Creek, his was a huge jump. Like, I think for a regular 8 by 10 his was like 125 150 bucks. For a premium autograph, his is like 400 Like, it's different prices, right? So anyways, um, they called all the premium people, but they didn't organ- organize the noise. Well, organized way. So you get to this room, and it's essentially 
just a room and a, and a split. Like half of it is between Cena, half of it's between Haydenson. Um, so I think his started exactly at like 12 or 12.05, something like that. So now they're knocking them in, knocking them out. And, and these autographs, now mind you, when you're paying for premium autographs, for those of you who are not collectors, premium people who have premium autographs, one, they can afford it, but two, they're usually getting multiple things signed. They're they're going to, they're going to savor the opportunity, and I would dare say that could be wrong in this. I, I don't know. This is just my opinion. I think people pay for premium autographs are people who are not going out of the way to sell them. They're going out of the way to have these specific things in their collection. The people who you see at cons when they have like 85 things and it's like mostly flat eight by tens, they're selling those online or you can get or whatever. I just there's not many things that I see online that are like, like this one guy behind me, he had a John Cena uh, pop, Funko Pop. Uh, it was a Dr. Thugonomics pop that was, um, I think he said normally on the market it's $1,000, but he had only paid like 880 because it was like a dent in the box or something. I didn't know Funko Pops cost that much. I knew they had a blue book for Funko Pops though. Funko Pops is definitely a high thing, but I, I just don't care enough about Funko Pop. I don't own, never take that back. Someone bought me a Funko Pop of, uh, it was uh, My Ray Jack from Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Uh, otherwise, I do not own a Funko Pop. I will never buy my a Funko Pop myself. Uh, they're just too ugly, and they just don't make any sense to me. Um, anyways, so you, you're getting in. So like I was, I don't know, maybe... 25th, 26th in line, I don't know. It wasn't that many people ahead of me because there, some people came in groups or whatever. Got in, I had three items I had to sign. Um, I actually went out of my way and bought the the Ringside Collectibles uh, exclusive of the NWO John Cena, the one that was on the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, the Ultimate Edition of John Cena, the latest one, where he has the Black Hustle Loyalty Respect shirt. And the Peacemaker action figure, the mask. I have both. Um, so I just said, all right, cool. He signed all three. Super nice. Moved on. So now it's like 1230. So now I'll go back to the main building. Go to the main building. I just so happened to be munching in. Earlier, I saw where Jim Lee's son was. So I walk up. And I see one of the helpers outside of the thing. I said, hey, man, when is that? This, still, this is still starting at 1, right? He was like, yeah, sure. And so I was like, all right, so what time should I come back? As soon as I say that, like two people come walk behind me, and they think I'm going to be um, in line. And I and so he's like, oh, two people are behind you. I was just you stay. And I've never been first in line for anything. And so I was kind of just like, all right, I might as well stay here. It's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. Um, and so I was just kind of like, all right, cool, whatever, you know, let me just stay here because it's 20, no, actually, it was like, it was like 20 minutes. And I was being told by one of the other guys, all the rules you had, like Jim Lee wasn't going to take off his mask and they're, they're, you're going to put all your belongings on this cardboard thing and they're going to pass it to Jim Lee. Um, and stuff like that. Now, it's not rules, but just things you got to do in there. It's kind of like the suit Nazi, right? These are the, his rules. So, anyways, um, I said, I'm about to stare. So, wait 20 minutes. It starts exactly at 1 o'clock. Because I know exactly it's gonna, this is not, this is not going to be a long experience. Especially since Jim, I would dare say Jim Lee, he was very pleasant for the two seconds I had with him. But, like, his helpers were way more aggressive. 
than than helpers I've ever been around before. And mind you, I've met people like Randy Orton who had helpers who were super aggressive, but they they had nothing on Jim Lee's people. Jim Lee's people were like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And it's like, Jesus Christ, calm the freak down, dude, you know? Anyways, um, so I get there. I'm out by like 104. (laughs) It was super fast. He signed three of my items. I had a first appearance of Asian Psylocke. And the reason I say Asian Psylocke is because that's what's on the thing that was, it was on the, the, what's the thing called? The bag that I bought it. It said the first appearance of Asian Psylocke. And I have never actually read this comic. I literally just bought it so Jim Lee could sign something. Because two years ago, actually, or a year ago, before COVID hit, two years ago, say two years ago, I remember I was going to go to ECC. And so... Uh, Emerald City, and so I bought all this Jim Lee stuff because I was going to meet him. He had a package down there, and me and my brother couldn't find it. And so, like, we couldn't find any of our stuff because we've moved since then. We moved in the middle of COVID, so I couldn't find anything except for my one Hush action figure that I had still in box that I was never going to take out because they were just the Hush line was just not a good line. But I brought that, I bought that that first appearance and I brought the Superman comic that I you know I know that the cover is iconic because when you put that one in the Batman face to face it looks like they're watching each other the Batman ones he's on um, like this ledge and this is the dark and his cape is flying which is a Jim Lee arts uh, cover the Superman one is the reverse it's in the light and he has he's on a podium and he's just facing and so I ended up buying those two just to have for something from the sign because I literally could not find those things. They're somewhere in those boxes. I just can't find them. Anyway, so I was out by like 104. I ended up meeting up with Nico for a few minutes. It was pretty cool to see him because I knew he was going to be there. And so I go up and I ended up meeting DMC from Run DMC. For those of you who don't know, DMC does make comics. Um, and he's made comics for a few years now. Anyways, I ended up getting an autograph from him. And oh, I got a reverse. Oh, I'll start this. Uh, story later on. I'll tell this for the first part of the story I should tell. And that was super cool of me. Uh, I wasn't worried about the comic book. <laughs> I really just wanted to get a picture with DMC because he's one third of one of the greatest hip hop groups or one of the greatest music groups of all time. Like, duh. You know, sucker MCs, walk this way, uh, uh, Adidas, like just whatever. But it's really cool because when he signs your book, he puts rest in peace JMJ, which is worth so worth it, right? Me and Nico talk for a little bit, but then I have to go back to the Sheraton to then meet John Cena for the photo op, which they did efficiently freaking fast, dude. It was in different, I was in group five, but it was so fast. It was, like I said, I got to like a 140. Everything was done by 2.30. So essentially from 11 or let's say 10.50 to 2.30, you're just super busy. But in that time... I appreciate the fans even more because I've seen situations where people weren't paying attention to their their, um, their emails. And, like, because when you bought the Jim Lee package, you bought it for a specific time. I just so happened to buy it for one. And then they didn't release the schedule until this past week for how everything was going to go. So, essentially, you were taking a risk either way. Now, I don't think the Jim Lee 
signing was um, sold out at all, even though I was so glad I stayed in line because if I would have left and come back, that gymming line was so long, it was ridiculous. So anyways, um, yeah, it made me appreciate the fans more. It also let me know that I could not be a fan doing that. <laughs> um, but John Cena was completely worth meeting. I had to, like, to get... One of the Mount Rushmore's to sign your stuff is awesome. And we all know what the Mount Rushmore's are professional. We just know who they are. As far as the megastar powers, The Rock, Cena, Austin, and Hogan. Um, I have I don't actually have any interest, interest in ever meeting Hogan or The Rock. Uh, Austin and Cena would be, was nice. It was, was, would have been nice to meet. And for me, it was completely worth it. Like, it was no. And it's funny because even when I was talking about with Jonathan Esther or talking about with other people, um, they're like, dude, you gotta go meet fucking Cena. You gotta get Cena's autograph. You just have to do it. And I was thinking to myself, I know, like, this has nothing to do with my career. Like, my career's gonna be fine. But it's like, this is an opportunity until him and I work together, I'm gonna manifest that. Um, that you just gotta take, man, you know. Anyway, so, but it helped me realize a lot of things. My appreciation for the fans at the same time as it helped, helped me realize how much I just didn't want to do that. You know, <laughs> you know, I just, that was a lot. And you see people like arguing with the helpers. Like, hey, man, they didn't let the release schedule out. You guys need to let me in. Like, you've seen the frustration. And I'm like, well, then the only thing they could say is, hey, you might have to prioritize who you want to see. And you've already spent this money. They're not going to give you a refund probably. So it's kind of like, damn, I didn't even think of that. You know, but yeah, I just don't see me doing that again. But it was a fun experience. It actually made me want to come back here even more and actually come uh, not just to be invited, but maybe even be on Artist Alley, you know, so that was great, so anyways, that was a long cold open, but I do want to say this last thing before we hit the show, this week's Hawkeye episode 2, um, <laughs> by the way, as I record this, I still haven't watched episode 2, but it doesn't matter, it's all good, um, so yeah, I, I walk upstairs, remember I told you guys, let's rewind a little bit, I first get there at 10, I just walk up to see what's upstairs, who's in Artist Alley, so I'm walking, and right before I head into Artist Alley, or right as I head into the first part of Artist Alley, I'm then going to go into the second part of Artist Alley, right? So I look to my left, and I'm like, is that Jerry the King Lawler? Why the f is Jerry the King Lawler here? And I kept saying in my head, is that, I just kept saying the full name of Jerry the King Lawler. It was such, it was so hilarious. And so I'm just sitting there like, what's going on here? So I'm like, I'm gonna walk over. It's just people over there. I'm walking over, boom, boom, whatever. And then someone's talking to him about wrestling and the old school wrestling. He's partnered with somebody. I don't know who these people are, but he's partnered with some people who are very nice people. Someone's looking and he's looking and say, hey man, how are you? This is Jerry talking to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Didn't know you're gonna be here. This is awesome. He was like, really? I was like, yeah. So he had a bunch of eight by tens. And for those of you who know me, you know I prefer to have action figures signed, but I was not expecting to see Jerry the King Lawler. So I have actually have actually own no Jerry Lawler action figures. I used to own uh, Jack's. Uh, I'm gonna say it wrong because my accent. The Jack specific one, Pacific one. Um, those to me, as far as like being a kid, and yeah, no, I was ten. No, it's younger than that actually. When those came out, much much younger. Anyways, those were actually probably the most fun to play with toys. They were so poseable. You could just put them in any position, right? Like the new action figures, I have fucking no idea. I don't open them for the most part. Um, but that's the only Jerry Lawler action figure I've ever owned, which I don't own anymore because Katrina washed it out. So 
everyone knows I hate getting 8x10s, but I take 8x10s when I don't have your action figure. So this year alone, the legends I've met and I have 8x10s of them are The Godfather, Coco Beware, Jerry Lawler. Um, and it's funny because when I was even, just a quick side note, even when I, cause I met Godfather and Coco Beware at the same event, I wasn't going to get Coco Beware's autograph. I just, I was never a big fan. And um, I, I know this guy is a comic book owner. And he saw me getting a guy for his autograph and picture. He was like, well, I'm just go to Coco Beware. I was like, I, I wasn't a big fan. He's like, dude, because like, him and I talk. So he knows how big of a wrestling fan I am. He knows I'm a historian. I know all this stuff. He listens to the podcast, as a matter of fact. He was like, dude, you're going to regret not meeting him. Even just, you're, you're going to regret it. I was like, you think so? He was like, I, your fandom is on another level. And I was like, all right, I'll go. And you know, he was right. Me and him talked. Um, we had a great conversation. It was like, wow. And now I have his autograph, and which cool, you know. So, anyways, I end up seeing all these eight by, by tens of Jerry Lawlers, and he has one where he's beating up, or where he just beat up Bret Hart after Bret Hart won King of the Ring, and talking trash to him, which is one of the best moments in his career in WWE, in my opinion. So I say, hey man, I'll take that one. So he signs it. We we take a picture together. Uh, he hold, he lets me hold the crown. Super cool moment, but completely unexpected. Which is why I like these Comic Cons. You know, like to me, that's where a lot of my autographs have come from. It's me not even necessarily being a fan in the moment, but just like kind of walking around the con, waiting for my time to come up or whatever. And I see something like that. This was just a pleasant surprise. So it was freaking awesome. So, anyways, that is the cold open for this week. Uh, I'm actually going to, as soon as I land tomorrow in Denver, I'm going to go, go going to go back to work. And um, we're going to actually watch Hawkeye episode two. And lay that out for Wednesday. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed the match of the month. I hope you guys enjoyed the Monday show. And we will get back to business t- right now. So I'm Slow Chemical. This is just the first part of the show. You have fun listening to Hawkeye Review Episode 2. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am a Slow Chemical. And this is... Yes, technically the second part of this episode, because the first part, as you guys just heard, was me talking, as you could tell, the acoustic's always different when I'm out of town. And um, I was in Seattle when I recorded that, and I had not yet watched episode, not yet watched episode two of Hawkeye, but I wanted to talk about my experience from going to Con to Con, which I don't know if I would ever do that again. Um, I think one Con a weekend's good enough for me, but um. It was a hell of an experience, as you guys heard. So, anyways, let's get right into Hawkeye episode two. So, I did have a couple of people ask me questions like, hey man, I thought you were looking forward to this. Why, why aren't you watching or disappointed? No, to be honest with you, I'm kind of soaking it all in. I'm doing it differently than I've done the other series. Like, I was really looking forward to the Falcon and Orange Soldier, as you guys know. And anytime, as soon as that came out at three or two, my time, I was just soaking it all in. And I just was watching it immediately. And to me, I missed some things. And I felt like I kind of rushed the shows out, and I, I want to, and I actually going back and watch several of those episodes again, uh, um, to to actually get everything I wanted to get from them, and that's what I'm kind of doing with this, is because I know that story from Matt Fraction so intimately, and I know it's gonna be, put their own twist on it, MCU twist on it. Um, I'm just kind of taking it each episode as it is. Like as I record this right now, it's Tuesday, the day before episode four drops, and so I'm just kind of like enjoying it you know um 
this is something I've been waiting for a while is for Hawkeye to get his, his own shine. And so why not just take my time and watch it? So um, I did watch episode two. I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. I actually saw a video on YouTube before I get into anything because I think this is interesting. Um, I saw a video on YouTube. It said, well, Hawkeye flops hard for Disney+. Plus." You know what I think about Hawkeye? It's going to be different from every other show. You have people who are looking forward to Loki. You have people who are looking forward to Falcon and Winter Soldier. People who are looking forward to uh, WandaVision. You know what I think is going to be different about Hawkeye? I think Hawkeye is going to be one of those series that as we, we go around to this time next year in 2022, people are going to be like, man, it's such an underappreciated series. To me, it's kind of like an underappreciated match where it's like, you know it was a good match. But you don't have a reason to talk about because no one ever brings it up. That's what makes it unappreciated, obviously. But I think this is going to be an underappreciated series because I think it's going to open the door to so many. First of all, at the end of episode two, you see the, the first appearance ever live action of Echo. And so I don't know where it's going. I haven't watched episode three yet. I'll probably watch episode three some point tomorrow and record it for next week's uh, Wednesday show. But I think it's going to be one of those things where it opens so many doors. And now this week... With Kevin Feige confirming, whenever Daredevil, and doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes, whenever Daredevil reappears, it will be Charlie Cox appearing as Daredevil. <sighs> Finally, and here's my thing. This is just going to stoke more fuel to the fire of Spider-Man that he's Tom Holland's lawyer. I don't know what's going to happen. I think, I think, I don't know if I said this on air yet, but... There's only one way for the Spider-Man trilogy to end. Now, apparently, there's going to be a four, five, and six. Apparently, Sony's already announced this, and there's rumors of Tom Holland being overplaying Spider-Man. I don't know if those are real or not, but it's, it's already been announced four, five, and six Spider-Man. Here's why. There's only one way that Spider-Man ends. It's with him going into the multiverse so he doesn't have to kill anyone because he can't save anyone. Yes, I know he's going to be in Avengers 5, and he's going to make a cameo somewhere else in the MCU. But this will allow Spider-Man to now be in Sony's, just Sony's universe. And I'm still maintaining Doctor Strange will be better than Spider-Man. However, though, this is, this is the only one way for this to end. You officially give an end to this story in the MCU. You've, you've given all you can. But now, as he goes into the multiverse, you have a whole new level of stories whether he, when he, whenever he connects up with Venom, because we know we're getting a Venom three, we know we're getting Morbius, which is next month, by the way. You wouldn't know that due to lack of promotion. Um, and then you have everything else in the pipeline for Sony. So that's the only way, one way it ends is with him saying goodbye to the MCU essentially, and then him only coming back to help to save the day. So, anyways, um, that is just my opinion on that. But anyways, I think this is going to be back to Hawkeye. I think it's going to be one of those things that opens the door to so many things. Like Kingpin's rumored to be in it, and we don't know. Like, I just heard a rumor or read a rumor that uh, Vincent DeFornio, I think I said this last weekend, he's going to be in a big fat suit to, to be more comic book accurate, which will be okay. You know, um, he's already a towering individual. But anyways, the point of all this is, is that this is going to be one of those series that I think people are going to look back and say, man, I wish I would have paid more attention to it because it opened the door, not just to Young Avengers, to a lot of things. Like, even when I look at certain things they're doing, like with uh, Kate Bishop in episode two, saying, hey, after you're done questioning me, can you sign my bow? Like, you could tell that's setting up for uh, him to sign her bow at the end of it and, and 
officially passed through the mantle. Um, I still maintain we're going to see old man Hawkeye. Jimmy Renner is not done playing Hawkeye. Um, then also, if you look at the the son, the youngest son, I think his name is Nathaniel, doing sign language. Because Echo's not the real villain of the series. You can, you, I, I guarantee you're going to see at some point in time Jeremy Renner or Hawkeye doing sign language with Echo. Like, all this is setting up for these things down the road. But anyways, let's hit episode two. Episode two picks up Rad's episode one is done, where you have Kate Bishop and Hawkeye meeting for the first time, and he sees that she's a woman, he sees she's in danger, so he brings her back to, um, he says he actually, he brings her to a safe house, her, her aunt's safe house, essentially, no, excuse me, to her place, and then that's when he realizes, oh wow, you were followed, and um, then we have that great scene from the trailer where they throw a Molotov cocktail in there, Hawkeye catches it and throws it back, um, just him getting some shine right there is pretty awesome. But also you realize you see you see different things. Even Lucky a pizza dog. Like Lucky the pizza dog kind of gives you a sign of um how he is alert, air quotes, when he goes up the steps because he he senses danger. You know, and the tracksuit bros are they are perfect. It's clear Matt Fraction had his fingerprints all over this, which is just funny. Um, what else? So then also then you move to a different safe house, which is her aunt's place or whatever. And uh, that's when Hawkeye realizes, oh, you're not going to listen. You're going to do what you want to do anyway. Um, then you see parallels where, remember when Tom Holland kept hitting up Happy Hogan, Happy Hogan was just ignoring him. Uh, you see Kate Bishop hitting up Hawkeye, you know, and you see him, you see that uh, he keep she keeps, uh, he keeps ignoring her. And then uh, when he, realizes who takes the suit it's an ambulance it's an emt and it's at large it's a cosplay thing and it's just it's just funny how he has to kind of embrace their lifestyle in order to get the suit back but he ends up making someone's day um what thing i think his name is grills but grills is from fraction fraction comic book he's white and he's a, a neighbor that does fight against the tracksuit uh, mafia group so i don't know if that's gonna come back to haunt this grills but we'll see but um i do like how hawkeye ends up having to embrace it or whatever and i also like how his wife is so in tune with what he's doing to where it's like hey you're what, what, what plus to play and this that and the third and uh eric voss from uh new rock stars on youtube check their channel out he said that he felt like it would be cool if and i didn't think about this till he said it it would be cool if like his wife was like a version of uh, Mockingbird, but it's like a legacy character type of thing. I said, you know what? That would be cool. But at the same time, I don't think you actually need that. I think just him, her being around two spies for as long as she was. Like, people forget that Hawkeye is a spy. <laughs> so that's the key of why, like, Hawkeye doesn't necessarily need superpowers. You know, him and Black Widow are spies. They can get around... They know how to sneak in. They know how to do these things. It's 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 easier to, to realize that with Black Widow because what's more emphasis on her characters in the movie she was in, even before her stupid uh, solo film, um, you had you, you had more character development with just her. Hawkeye, you have to remind just to remind people, I did a whole timeline on Hawkeye a few months ago. Go check the archives. Hawkeye's first cameo was in was in Thor, and it was a uncredited cameo now i remember i saw thor with jonathan esther i remember when the guy was reaching for the gun but he didn't say he reached for the bow jonathan esther actually slapped me on my on my arm because because he was like oh that's that's all guy whatever right uh kind of thing that nerds do but here's my thing about all that like this 
if you look at the character development, it's been under it's been under underbelly work essentially. And so to me, I think it's easy to forget that Hawkeye is just as good of a spy. Well, some people may disagree with this, but I think you have to be just as good of a spy as Black Widow in order to get the drop on her. Because it's been canon in MCU, and I think even in the comic books, the Hawkeye's always been able to get the drop on Black Widow. He's always found a way to get the drop on her. So, so even if you don't think he's as good, he can match her, you know, to, to a degree. You know, I think fighting skills-wise, she's better. Hand-to-hand -hand combat, she's better. I do believe that, yeah. Um, as far as just, I think they're the same level of spy, though. Just my opinion, you know. Um, and, and if you don't, it doesn't matter. It's my opinion, so fuck off. Anyways, so he ends up going to this uh, the, to the Lars event. He gets his suit back, and he puts the suit in a, a safe, which that's going to play part later, obviously. Then he ends up getting himself caught by a tracksuit mafia on purpose. And so it's funny how um, in the comic book, in the Matt Fraction comic book, he did get caught, but he didn't get caught on purpose. Uh, and Kate Bishop did try to save him like she did in episode two, which failed miserably like it did here. Um... I do believe this buddy little cop thing they got going on is going to benefit later on. I've like I said, I have not even sniffed episode three. I have no clue what happened in episode three. Like people ask me all the time, like how do you avoid spoilers? I, I just I don't know. I'm just good at it. I just don't go online expecting to not. I you still see stuff, you know, but I just don't go online expecting to. Um, I just don't go online and then say, oh, I'm going to click this and expect to not see something. Like, everyone's got videos up and all stuff. Well, anyways, before he gets, once he gets caught, Kate Bishop ends up tracking him through her company security, through her mom's company security, uh, her security company, excuse me, saying those words backwards. And that was concerning there. Like, damn, you could track someone through, like, that seems very illegal, <laughs> you know? Um, and also, at the same time, there's a lot going on with the mom. We, we know who the, the, the stepdad is now. Um, he, he's a swordsman or whatever. Like, like a lot of these things are being revealed because to me, and someone asked me, do I think the mom, I think the, the mom is, I, personally, I think the mom is, been, is, is playing the boyfriend, personally. Um, do I think she's mad at mask? I don't know. I don't know if she's going to be the ultimate villain of this. Like, I don't, I would hate to see the young Avengers go the runaways route where the parents are the enemies. I don't, I don't want to see that because even, cause even the young Avengers in the comic books have fought Kang, you know, like they, they are a formidable team. Um, and plus, I don't think we're going to season two of this of Hawkeye. So, like, if we do, I'm, I'm sure it'll just be it'll just focus on Haley Steinfeld's version of it. But I don't think we're getting season two. So I, I don't know. Anyways, I'm all over the place with this with episode two. But I thought it was a fun episode. Once again, it's. As you already know from previous things, these episodes a lot of times they're, they're slow moving. Now, Captain, uh, so Captain America, the Falcon and Soldier had to move a bit faster because you were introducing so many players. You had to introduce U.S. Agent. He was a huge part of that story. You know, to me, I don't think Kingpin is going to be a big part of the story. I don't believe Florence Pugh's um, Black Widow is going to be a big part of the story. I believe they're both... Kingpin might be in like an episode and a half, but I truly believe Florence Pugh's character is going to be in one episode, and that's it. Now, if she's in multiple, me saying no to a gorgeous woman, me looking at a gorgeous woman is blasphemy, so I'm not going to say that, but it's one of those things where it's like, 
I just don't see it where it fits in to the grander scheme of things. Now, I, I, I have not seen the trailer. I've heard I have heard people say that there's some person that looks like it's uh Florence Pugh's Black Widow comic book version um in the trailer. I just I think that's smart. I think you insert that story, you give both of them closure as she realizes that he's not the murderer. And then she moves on with whatever she's going to do because she's a part of the Thunderbolts, clearly. But I think episodes five and six have to be dedicated to the apparent... If there is going to be an appearance of the Kingpin, that's what it has to be a, a, um, to focus on, if that makes any sense. So, um, yeah. I, I just... I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what episode three brings with Echo. And I'm going to probably watch that tomorrow um, when episode four drops. And... I may end up watching episode four too and recording that too as well. Because I do know in between episodes five and six, you have Spider-Man. Now, I don't know if I'm actually going to... I'm probably not... With the, with these new mass mandates and everything, I'm probably not going to go the weekend up. I'll probably go like that Monday after and see it. Just so that way... Because usually when I go, there's always been a mass... Not a mass mandate, but you they prefer you wear a mask. But because like three people in the theater were all spread out, so it's kind of like you don't have to wear a mask. Um... So I may just do that. That way it's like not a lot of people in there and stuff like that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But either way, um, my take on episode two is it's, it's, it was a fun pickup. I like the chemistry between uh, both Hawkeye so far. And I, like I said, it's so reminiscent of Tom Holland's uh, Peter Parker doing that. But this, to me, makes more sense because she idolizes him. And they both have fight in them. And, and he, you can tell that Clint is already looking at her like, I see a little bit of me and my me in her, you know. Especially, you know, I, 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 she, he, he sees that, so he's not gonna try to suppress it. But he also wants to get home to his family. He doesn't want to be in this. He doesn't want to um, be in this life anymore. He, he, he retired, you know. And also at the same time, this suit is the the Ronin suit is a reminder of the things he did, you know, the reason why he felt like he should be dead. You know, and I, I and I understand that. You know, like he completely changed, and and he just is kind of like cool. And I do love how they don't ignore his past. Like when she asks him about the hearing aid, you see flashbacks of like literally he was blown up in Avengers Endgame. He was, if you look at that scene, he's the only person that is not armored, that's human or superpower. Ant-Man's armored at the time. Uh, Rhodey's armored. You know, Hulk is there. Racket Raccoon is there. Iron Man's armored. And Captain Rogers is Captain Rogers. So why wouldn't he have battle scars? And it's kind of like... It's kind of like he's paying those prices for those wars that he fought willingly. You know? And so it's one of those things where, to me, it makes sense. But like I said last week with episode one... He's always that the Hawkeye character is gonna always be the Wolverine of superheroes of, of uh regular people. He always gets dragged back into the fight even though he doesn't want to because that's just where his heart and his spirit is. So, anyways, it was good to talk to you guys at ECCC. Um, I had fun being a fan for once. I had fun at LA Comic Con as well. So thank you guys for coming out. Um, that is the episode for this week. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the extra content with the match of the month and everything like that. We will talk next week for the Monday show. We'll talk next week for episode three. This is I See Things a Little Differently. I am This Little Chemical, and we are out.